It's great to see all of you. I, um, I, love, uh, I love the Christmas season, but uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I love in the new year getting back into the routine. Uh, I, it's, I'm a little off balance <laughs> through the holiday season, but uh, this is a, I think this is a really significant new year, 2020, the year of perfect vision. Something tells me we'll be hearing spins on that uh, 2020 uh, a lot this year. New year, a new decade. Uh, it's also an election year which means we have uh, lots of heartwarming ads and social media posts to look forward to. Uh, but it's a new year, and uh, we'll be kicking off a new series. You can see there it's called Disconnected. And this is going to be uh, a four-week four long uh, series, and we're going to be looking at our VCDC mission statement, which is summed up in four connects. Connect to God, connect to your purpose, connect to the church, uh, connect to your community, and uh, one of the things that I really enjoy saying to people, uh, especially people who are newer to the church, let's say, you know, you're just checking us out at Quick Connect, which is after the service today, um, <coughs> excuse me, or, or uh, if you're pursuing membership at uh, Vision and Values, which Andrew just announced. Um, but one of the things I love to say to people is that we as a church, you know, we as a staff, we as small group leaders, uh, our children's workers, youth workers, like really the, the culture of this church is that we're committed to help people grow in these four areas, in these four connections. And, and uh, I say that because we really believe that these four connections, it's not just cute little phrases, but that they really are biblical, that God really wants each one of us to grow in our understanding and experience of these four connects. That, that our, you know, we would grow in our relationship with God. That we would go, grow in our relationship with each other. That uh, we would have a growing uh, sense of a kingdom purpose as we go about our lives. And that more and more as we, as we you know, interact with people, and that we would more and more have God's heart. Uh, for the world, and uh, we typically kick off the year with this series uh, for two reasons, and, and one of those reasons is uh, this time of year, there's just something about the end of a year and the beginning of another year that stirs up uh, a lot of introspection, uh, and, and some of it's healthy, and I, I think some of it is unhealthy. Uh, everywhere you go on social media, people are talking about New Year's resolutions, and uh, how did you do last year? Did you reach your goals? You know, did you stick with the plan, and what are you going to do this year? Like, what are you going to do this year to grow, to change, to, uh, to improve, etc.? There's so many ads right now on, we're going to help you lose weight, we're going to help you quit smoking. We're going to help you get muscle, get rich. I mean, you've, you've heard them, seen them all. And, and those are all good things. Uh, but, but they can stir, this time of year can stir unhealthy uh, attitudes and activities. And so another reason why we start the year off with this series, looking at our four connects, is we want every year, as we roll into a new year, we want to kick it off by being reminded about who we are as God's people. We want to be reminded, you know, as we, as we embark on a new year, we want to be reminded about what God says is important about life. What God says is important about the choices we make, etc. So, I want to jump right in, uh, but before I do, let's pray, and uh, we'll just commit this time to the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Lord, thank you so much for a new day. I thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, I thank you that... Uh, uh, we are embarking on a new year with you. And uh, I, I just pray today as I'm talking that you would go way beyond my words 
and that you would be personal with each one here. Lord, just come surprise us with your presence. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, So the title of the series is Disconnected. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at these four connects from from the perspective of, like, why are we disconnected from blank in the first place? And why is it a struggle to reconnect to blank? And the first one we're going to look at uh, today is, and it's, it's important, it's right that it's the first one, is our connection or disconnection uh, to God. And, uh, you know, a relationship with God is the foundation of what it means uh, to be a Christian. Uh, it really is one of the truths about Christianity that I think is incredibly beautiful, that we have a God who says, I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. I think it's, I don't think, I, it totally separates us as Christians from any other religion on, on planet earth. I mean, when you, when you look at Jesus, all the stories through the gospels, uh, you know, uh, we see Jesus, like what is he doing? I mean, he's doing a lot of things, but what we see over and over as we look in the gospels is Jesus is pursuing people. Like, and what I love when I, when I look at the stories of Jesus what I love is that he's pursuing all the wrong people. Like, that's encouraging to me. And, and we see Jesus walking around pursuing people, you know, inviting them into relationship with him. He's not just walking around with, you know, pieces of paper, here are the rules, you know, memorize them, get to work on them. Like, but he's walking around saying to people, hey, come follow me. Hey, why don't we walk this road together? Why don't we live uh, this life together in that pursuit, that invitation to relationship from Jesus. It wasn't just back in the Bible days. That has continued now all the way to today. And I was thinking, you know, over Christmas, we celebrate Emmanuel, uh, God with us. And I just want to remind us as we roll into a new year that that wonderful truth doesn't stop at Christmas. And I know that's for many. It's like, well, duh. Well, duh. We forget that. And I want to remind us that, that God is with us as we roll into this new year. And so I want to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. Just answer in your head. But uh, do you believe that that's true? Like, just think about that right now. Do you believe that God is with us right now? Like his presence in the room. That he's here, that he, that he knows you, he loves you, that, uh, that he's not only with us, but that he is pursuing you and he wants to have a relationship with you. You know, on, uh, I have a prayer journal. I've been trying to get more disciplined in prayer. And uh, January 5th, doing great. But, uh, no, I started last year, actually. But on Saturday mornings, I pray specifically for the church, but I pray specifically for newer people in the church. And as I remember names, I try to write them down. Um, but, but I pray, you know, that they would get connected. And I just, there's a bunch of things I pray. But then here's a sentence that is written in my prayer journal. And I pray this every Saturday morning. Uh, let your presence be the thing that makes us attractive, right? I, like, and I, I never get tired of praying that, Lord, let your presence with us be the thing that draws people here. Because I think we have wonderful worship. I love our worship community. I think we have solid preaching. It's biblical preaching. I think we have a great kids program from the, from the wee ones to the, to the older ones. I think uh, we have a beautiful cafe. We have free coffee. Come on, right? And, uh, and those are all uh, important and good things. But here at the Vineyard, number one for us, what we pray for, what we focus on, what we desire is the presence of God. 
And another way to put that is, is relationship with God. And it's number one for us because it's number one for him. And so let's, let's look closer then at uh, connection, disconnection from God. So number one in your notes is God's plan for connection. And so to, to discover God's plan for connection, we need to go back to the beginning. And what I mean is back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And in Genesis 1, 1, it says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And you know, I, like many of you, I grew up in the church, and I have heard and read that verse oodles of times. And whenever I look at that verse, from my perspective, from, the, you know, from our perspective, uh, when I think of the beginning, I think, in the beginning, there was nothing, right? Uh, it was formless, empty darkness. In the beginning, there was nothing. But do you know from God's perspective in the beginning and long, 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 long before beginning, he, from his perspective, there wasn't nothing. In the beginning, there was everything. Well, what do I mean by that? What I mean is like, that there's, there's this mystery. There's this mystery of, of, which I think is hard for us to get our heads around, but there's this mystery of the Trinity, right? Of God who's one God who's revealed himself through three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. And long before creation, God existed. Right? And there was this, uh, uh, before anything else was made, we ha- what we had was we had God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they were just together. And they were in this perfect community. Right? It was like one plus one plus one equaled one. It was perfect unity, perfect love, perfect connection. And from within that community, a decision was made. And here's what I mean. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Hey, let us, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, it's important when we talk about connection to God, etc. It's important, like, as, as much as we can understand about the, just the character of God and the nature of God before creation, uh, it's important that we recognize that we weren't created. Like, humanity wasn't created because within this community, like, we weren't created because something was missing or lacking, Right? It wasn't like the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are just hanging out and all, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden the Father looks at the Son and at the Holy Spirit and just goes, man, I am so bored with you two. Right? Or the Holy Spirit is like, dove, dove, goose doesn't work with three people. Right? <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus isn't like, Dad, I'm so sick of your jokes. Right? And if we have to play one more round of Uno, I'm going to snap. Right? It's like, because that's what they're doing. You know, that's appropriate. But but that's not it at all. Like before we existed, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was this perfect community, perfect connection, perfect relationship, perfect love. So it's like, so then why? Why did they amongst the three of them decide, hey, let's make mankind in our image? Why did they do it? Here's why. Because perfect love, pure love, true love, God's love always invites. God's love always wants to share, 
always wants to give. It doesn't hoard. It, it pursues and it invites. The heart of God is, oh no, there's room for more. Oh no, there's room for more. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and notice that like Adam and Eve, it says, when they were made, it says they were made in God's image. They were made in God's likeness. If you read the story, the angels weren't made in God's image, as cool as angels are. Like the animals weren't made in God's image. I mean, dogs, dogs are close. Cats came after the fall. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on thin ice now, I feel it. But, but, but we were made in the image of God, and that says a lot of things about us, but here's what I want to point out. As human beings created in, in the image of God, in the likeness of God, that says that we were created, we were wired to join into that perfect community. That's God's plan. That's God's plan for connection. We were made for that. And you know, when I say that, I know that we know that at some level. And what I mean is even, even talking about it, I know it stirs up. It stirs something up in our hearts. It stirs a longing up in our hearts. It stirs like, it's kind of like there's this thing fluttering off, you know, in our peripheral. And we, we know it's there and we go to look and we can't, like we just can't see it. But do you, you know what I'm saying? Like we know it's, and, and when we read this Genesis story, a lot of, you know, people would say the, the Genesis narrative is really foolish. And, and, I, and I sort of get that, you know, such grand, great things in such a simple story. But for me, when I read God's story of creation and his plan for connection, like for me, it gives me understanding when I look at my life. It gives me understanding and it really gives me comfort uh, in my heart because, and I, and I know you're the same way, it helps me understand that longing inside that just doesn't seem to go away. And I could be standing in the middle of Disney World and still have an ache inside and a longing. I could be, you know, everything could be going great and there's still this discontentment inside. That's like, oh, but, but this, even this doesn't satisfy like there's just like this God, there's more. I just know there's more. And, and you know, you could be in, the, in a great place in your life or, or especially in the hard times, but, but where there's this, there's this loneliness that just, it just doesn't go away. There's just this thing deep down inside that just goes, I just know that there's, there's something bigger, something beyond this. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I love that quote. I, and I know you do too. It just, so, it, it's, it just hits something deep, deep inside. We were made to be connected to our God. It has always been his plan. And in Genesis, for like a chapter or so, we were connected to God. But let's move on. Number one is God's plan for connection. Number two is our disconnecting choice. And in the first chapters, uh, two chapters of Genesis, you know, God makes this beautiful world, beautiful garden, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, and he invites them in. They're in this, you know, this beautiful, perfect community, perfect relationship, and it's, and it's just as planned. And then boom, Genesis 3 comes along. And in your Bible, it, it'll say over Genesis 3, the fall. Because it's in Genesis 3 that it all, it all falls apart. And, and I know you've, you've thought this. When I look at what God has done, you know, when he created this beautiful world, he created this beautiful garden, Adam and Eve, and, you know, invited, this in, in, invited them into this beautiful community, the question in my mind is, God, why did you then 
leave the back door of Eden unlocked. Do you know what I mean? Like why, why did you allow access for the devil, our enemy, to slither in and, and, and really mess it all up? Like why would you do that? I don't know why he did that. But what we see in Genesis, again, God, you know, he's made everything, made Adam and Eve, and he basically says, you know, go at it, you two. Go and explore. Go and enjoy this beautiful world I've made for you. Be fruitful and multiply. And he sends them off. And it's like just this incredible picture of adventure and freedom. And, 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 and within any true freedom, uh, the context of any true freedom, there's always boundaries. Right? And so God gave them boundaries. He's like, you can eat of any, any tree, any tree in the garden. And just imagine, there must have been just some awesome uh, awesome trees in the garden. You can eat of any tree, but there's one tree right in the middle of the garden that you may not, uh, you may not eat of. And it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when God gave them a boundary, you know, yes, 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 no, something, something, a human weakness was exposed. Because when God made humanity, we weren't created as robots. He gave us a free will. Another way to put that is we've been given both the ability and the responsibility of choice. Like as human beings, we are always making choices. We are choice makers. And as soon as God said no to something, a new emotion was awakened in the hearts of Adam and Eve, something they'd never experienced before. And that was temptation. Right? And, and have you noticed that like, you're never tempted to do the right thing, are you? Like, it's like, oh, you got to pray for me? I am so tempted to clean up my neighbor's garbage cans. Oh, Lord, give me strength. You know, it's like, like that's just so goofy, right? But we're tempted to do the wrong thing, right? We're tempted to do what we've been told not to do. And part of the, the emotion, the whole dynamic of temptation is curiosity. Because, you know, when, when God said, oh, go out there and enjoy all this, blah, 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 blah. And then he talked about that one tree. I guarantee when Adam and Eve walked away, they were thinking about nothing but What's up with that tree? They're like, we should check that tree out. You just, you know it, right? You know they were. And, and as they're walking away from that and thinking about that, through the back door, here comes the devil. And when we look at what he does in chapter three, like, think about this. Where does the devil attack? Where does he attack Adam and Eve? Like, does he, you know, sort of hide behind a tree and throw a pack of cigarettes out in the lawn? Right? I mean, I know that's goofy, but just think, stay with me. And like, they're like, what are these? You know, and Adam's sticking them in his ears. Hey, I'm Shrek. But uh, <laughs> I laughed at my desk when I thought that. But uh, <laughs> so I'm doing that just for me. If you find that funny, enjoy it. But I, I think that's, oh, Eve, look, I'm Shrek. But it's like, okay, see, he didn't do that, obviously. Does he, <laughs> does he go after their marriage? That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Like, let's break up the first couple. But he doesn't do that either. What does he do? He goes right after the place of connection. Right? Where, where we as humans, with the freedom of choice, have so far in the, guard, in the garden chosen to totally trust and submit to God's authority and leadership in our lives. That's where he attacks. That place where this, these innocent Adam and Eve go, oh no, Father knows best. Oh yeah, what Father says we do, because Father knows best. Right? That was a chosen trust. That's where he attacks. He really, it's like he attacks at the place of God's no. And I mean, he's the, the Bible says about the devil, he's the father of all lies. He's the accuser. He's the deceiver. And he's totally playing on our weaknesses. 
He's playing on our curiosity, on, our, on, our t- on the temptation, etc. And so in Genesis 3.1, it says this. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God has made, had made. One day he asked the woman, hey, uh, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And he's just so sly. I mean, what a, it's like, you know, when, and I look at that question, the thought came to my mind, it's like he's dropping a bomb and it's a doubt bomb. Right? He's, just, he's just stirring in there and Eve, you know, responds to him basically by saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, in fact, you know, Father said that if we, if we eat from that tree, that we're gonna, we're gonna die. And the enemy responds in verse four, he goes, what? You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman, because God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. You'll be just like him, knowing both good and evil. And what, I mean, you can just see him attacking that place. He's like, what? You're not gonna die. He's keeping this from you. And if he's keeping that from you, what other cool thing is he keeping from you? Hey, don't you guys get it? He's holding you down. You can be just like him. Why does he, have to, why does he get to call the shots all the time? Don't you want to call the shots? And it's just feeding in, feeding into their brokenness. And, and you know, Adam and Eve, on our behalf, uh, takes the bait and makes the choice. J.I. Packer said this, it would seem that the tree bore this name, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because the issue was whether Adam would let God tell him what was good and bad for him or would seek to decide for himself in disregard of what God had said. By eating from this tree, Adam would, in effect, be claiming that he could know and decide what was good and evil for him without any reference to God. And it's like that one choice and boom, Adam and Eve are disconnected from God. And how do I know that? How do I know that? Well, the Bible, the Bible shows it. The next time God comes calling, hey, Adam, Eve, son, daughter, what do they do? They run away from him. See, something we need to remember when we talk, we use the language of disconnected. God is never disconnected from us. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from, from his love. Nothing, nothing. But out of the rebellion of our hearts, we have chosen to disconnect. We're going to be the boss. We want to call the shots. And, and again, it's like, you know, we, we've gone from this perfect community, the place that we were wired for, and we've chosen to disconnect. In a sense, when I look at it, it's more, you know, like we were robbed in the garden. We were robbed of our birthright. We were robbed. I mean, our, the, the enemy has deceived us and lied to us. And here's the truth. He has not stopped deceiving and lying to this day. And know that in your life, in my life, he is going after the place of connection in your life. He is working overtime on that place in you, that, that place of choosing, that place of cho- choosing trust in God. His lies mixed with the stubbornness, the rebellion of our own hearts work to keep us disconnected from God, to keep us in a battle over who's gonna call the shots, to keep us in a place of distrusting and questioning God of doubting God. Uh, Dallas Willard says, or said, we have a culture that tells us to doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. We need to learn to turn that the other way. We need to believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts. And the enemy is working today in our lives to keep us in the place of being more consumed by our doubts than we are 
by our beliefs. And so in Genesis 3, really the rest of the Bible after Genesis 3 documents just the sad consequences, the you know, the, the, now the, the, you know, the aftermath of their decision. And, and if you're familiar with the story in Genesis, it's like, you know, uh, being disconnected from God, humanity just goes crazy, spins out of control. I mean, within, I don't know how long, but a few chapters, God is looking down going, these guys are crazy. I'm wiping them all out, the flood. I'm going to wipe them all out. I'm going to leave one little family and we're going to start again, right? We're so, we're so, out of control. And, and if that was the end of the story, what a sad story this would be. They had it and they lost it. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. And here's the good part. So God's plan for connection, our disconnecting choice, and then God's invitation to reconnect. And uh, one of the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin, of, their, of their, the choice they made in the garden, was the loss of innocence. And, and right after they fell for the enemy's lie, it says that boop, their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked. And so, you know, what did they do then? How did they, how did they respond to that? Genesis 3, 7 says this. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. You know, when you look at that, recognize they didn't just sew those fig leaves, they didn't just sew them together and make, you know, those little whatever the suits they made. It wasn't just to cover their privates. It was an attempt to cover their shame, right? They were trying to cover their shame. And, you know, that is such a great picture of the human condition when we're disconnected from God. It's like, well, you're on your own, right? You mess it up, well, you better figure out how to clean it up. Right? You, need to, you need to find the fig leaves. You need to try and, and, and cover it up. And you, know, you, need to, you need to fix your mess. It's, it's up to you now. And, and <clears throat> you know, again, that's such a picture of the, of, of the human condition. And remember in the intro when I said that there were two reasons why we kick off each year with this series. Uh, let me, I want to I sort of go back to them again. Uh, you know, first reason. You know, I am convinced that so much of what gets stirred up in our culture this, this time of year, you know, end of a year, beginning of a year, so much of what drives this time of year is, is a, a sense of failure. There's just a sense, I, like, and I really think, and I don't know if this is, you know, if I'm going too far, but in my mind, I literally see like a, a demonic wave just crashing on humanity that just says, you are not enough. You're not enough, right? There's like, this, there's this, like this lie that just roars through our culture. Like, what are you going to do to improve yourself? What are you going to do to fix yourself? What are you going to do, you know, to improve yourself, to better yourself? Like, you, you better do something. You, you better be something more, right? That, like, you need to fix yourself. You need to cover up what doesn't measure up. I think this time of year, that, that different degrees and different people for different reasons, but I'm convinced that's what gets stirred up and we try really hard. And, and the truth is we can fix some things and we can cover some things up. And if you've got the money, you can cover a lot of things up. But, but the truth is within a few weeks or months, most of us slam into the wall of our inability to fix ourselves. Like, you, you know what I mean? Right, like fitness clubs know it. I mean, they are gonna make their money over the next few weeks and they don't expect you to come, right? But it's not just, it's not just the wall 
you know, of, 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 of recognizing our inability to fix ourselves, and not just around weight loss or fitness or whatever, all these different things. It's, it's in the area of our relationships. Like, okay, this year I'm going to do better. Right? It's in the area of our spending. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get it under control this year. I'm going to, you know, it's in the area of our thought lives, of our, of our tempers, our words, our, you know, I'm going I'm to do better this time. I'm not going to be going off the handle. I'm not going to, you know, or, or I'm going to be at church more this year. I know I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to get there and blah, blah, blah. You know, all these different things. And, and the truth is, <clears throat> it's just a matter of days, weeks, or months. And you're going to hit that wall again of, of, of your inability to fix yourself. And so another reason why we start the year with this series is to remind us that, that the answer isn't, you better start sowing fig leaves. That's not the answer for us. The answer is, remember, remember the plan of God. Hey, hey, you know, his pursuit of relationship with you, his desire, his commitment to step into the struggle and do for you what you will never be able to do for yourself. And you know, when we look back at the story of Adam and Eve, you know, here's where we see that commitment, where we see that love of God. Uh, uh, it's like God is watching Adam and Eve. You know, the choice is made. Their eyes are open. They're madly sowing these fig leaves, whatever, you know. And God is watching that. And he's looking at them. And he's going, yeah, that's a good try. But, but that's not going to be enough. Right? That's barely covering your privates, let alone covering your shame. And so what does God do? God steps into their struggle. It says this in Genesis 3.21, it says, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. And you know, you could read that verse and go whipping right by it. It's such a little sort of seemingly uh, insignificant verse, but, but that's a, a super important verse because that literally is a prophetic picture of, of what was to come. And what I mean is this, you know, God looked at their attempt to cover up both their bodies and their shame. And he looked at it and he said, no, it's not going to do. That's not going to be enough. And so he made clothing for them. But recognize, for him to make clothing for them, innocent animals had to die. There had to be a sacrifice. Blood was poured out for, they, for them, Adam and Eve, to be covered. And now in many of your minds, ding, 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 bells are going off. Because you realize that is a picture of what God would one day do to totally cover, completely cover all the shame, all the mess-ups, all the garbage and all the, all the stuff, all the rebellion of humanity that like God literally is looking down from heaven and watching us, our feeble attempts to try to fix ourselves and cover our shame. And God who loves us looks and he goes, ah, that's not going to do it. That will never be enough. And so there's the, the, the ultimate stepping in. We just celebrated at Christmas. God, through his son Jesus, steps, steps into our world. And again, there would be a sacrifice. Again, there would be the shedding uh, of, of innocent blood. But this time it wouldn't be animals. This time it would be Jesus. The lamb of God, the, you know, the spotless son of God. Second Corinthians 5 says this. For God made Christ, who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, the invitation of God to reconnect is he opens his arms and he says to the world, come under my covering, because I can. I am more than enough 
to cover your shame. And the way I cover your shame is I wash it. I wash your shame. I wash you clean. And, and the only way for you and I to be reconnected to God, to stay connected, to partake in that, is by accepting the complete work of Jesus on the cross. Right? It's by accepting the gift. And, you know, I was thinking, JT was talking about communion this, this morning. And that's one of the reasons why we, we keep saying, you know, go continue your worship now by taking communion. Because when you go take communion, you'll stop for a second and recognize when you think about the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus, think that he did for me what I could never do, right? Think about that when you, when you take communion. Uh, Rick Warren said, you cannot arrive at your life's purpose by starting with a focus on yourself. You must begin with God, your creator. You exist only because God wills that you exist. You were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. It is only in God that we discover our origin, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and our destiny. Every other path leads to a dead end. You know, this is one of the reasons why today I I asked that question. Like about, you know, uh, do you believe, <clears throat> do you believe that God is with you? Do you believe in his presence here today? In his presence with you? Do you, like, do you believe, whether you feel it or not, you, you know, don't let your feelings be the guide, but do you believe that God is with you, pursuing you, inviting you into a daily walk today? And, and the reason I said that is because here's the thing, if, you, if, you, if you're going to follow Jesus, like that means every day, it's going to take you and I exercising our faith muscle. That's, our, that's one of the things that we are required to do as Christians. And you know, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what, we, of what we do not see. And you know, we have lots of weaknesses and brokenness as human beings, but we have never lost the ability or the responsibility of choice. We, we make choices <clears throat> constantly. You're making choices right now. Right? And so when we look back, a choice was made back in Genesis. Adam and Eve made a choice on our behalf. And you can look back on, on 2019, and, and all of us made lots of choices last year, didn't we? Right? And, and I, I, well, I do know. We made smart choices. We made dumb choices. We made bad choices last year. But here's really where I'm, what I'm, where I'm driving today is it's a new year. It's a new year. We're turning the page. We get to choose again now in 2020. Will we live each day trusting, choosing to trust, choosing to depend? Or will we live each day choosing to trust in someone or, or something else? Now, 1 Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I'm not saying abandon all your goals of fitness and health. We need to be healthy, right? We all need exercise. We all need to eat healthy. All those things are really good. But what I'm saying is it's recognizing as we embark on this new year that anything you or I do, right? Anything that we do on our own strength will never be enough to fix us. It will, never, it will never truly satisfy the hunger of our hearts. Only Jesus. Only friendship with Jesus. Only connection with Jesus. So as you go about your, you know, your day and everything you do, it's, it's, it's having that constant choosing of inviting him. Constantly inviting him into everything. Every part of your life. Um, I want to end off with this. 
and this will feel like a bit of a whoop. But you know, over the years, I've written songs, and and uh, uh, as a songwriter, one of my biggest struggles has always been uh, lyrics. And and what I mean is is uh, you know finding fresh ways of saying things. And you know, over the Christmas season, there's a song that uh, I literally have had on repeat. You know, on Spotify, I racked up a lot of, <laughs> I, I really added to this lady's uh, count on this song. But, but the reason I've been listening to it over and over is because this, this lady, her name is Callie. She's out from out, uh, Bethel out in California. Great music coming out of Bethel in Redding, California. You know, uh, she captures something in this song. It's a very simple song, but she captures something about God. She captures something of the one who today is inviting us into a daily walk with him. And I, and I want us to listen to it. So we're gonna play that song and the lyrics will be up on the screen. Just, just uh, read the lyrics and then, and then we'll take some time to minister. So let's have that song. God is a vow. He's a vow all the same.
besides just being a beautiful song, I think why that has grabbed my heart is because that song captures both the pursuit and invitation of God. Because what he's saying to us today is, you think you know me. You think you've experienced all of me. And, and there's, like, there's this invitation of, you choose this year. You choose as much as you can, you know, and, and, and to invite me into your life. And, and when we come to the end of this year, you're going to join this gal in that chorus and you're going to go, oh, you are better than I ever knew. You're better than I could ever have imagined. But it starts with, it starts with our choice. So why don't, why don't we stand up? JT is going to lead us in a song. And then I'll invite a few folks up for prayer. But uh, let's worship. Just really, let's make a choice right now. Let's lean in uh, to God through this song, through these lyrics. Thank you. 